Welcome to Take a Walk, a podcast that happens outside, with your host, Vanessa Gritton. Okay, I started recording. We're at the Rock Ta- Hi, this is Take a Walk Podcast. Justin, you'll find on previous episodes that I make notoriously bad intros. You're listening to me, Vanessa Gritton. You know who I am. I don't know why I'm introducing myself. Sorry, my mouth is really spicy because Adam just made me a pepperoni and pepper sandwich. You mean sandwich. you do bad intros after inhaling a whole sandwich and then immediately <laughs> launching into something with no warning? <laughs> How fast did I really eat that? Because my mouth is currently cut up by bread. I think it was a solid 15, 20 seconds. It- <laughs> It was really good. Adam makes a mean fucking sandwich, but there's a lot it of... It looked amazing, but enjoy it. Savor it. Take your time. Don't die. I eat, eat like a rescue animal having their first meal after after captivity. Just watching that reminded me of that part in the Coneheads where they go to Subway, and it was just like <laughs> one solid shot into her mouth. Speaking of rescue animals, Justin and I just finally got to meet... Winter Soldier Neeson. Oh, my God. She's perfect in every way. Oh, I want to kidnap her so bad. She's my perfect little cousin, and I love her so much. I haven't introduced you yet because I got caught up on the sandwich. (laughs) Joining me today on Take a Walk is Justin Williams. Say hi, Justin. Hi, everybody. Justin and I go way back. He's an old friend. Uh, And today we're talking about one of my most favorite conflicted places in the universe, Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, yeah. That is why it's my favorite place in Los Angeles. It's a real trash walk. It is, because I think it's a perfect microcosm of Los Angeles. It's all the glitz and glam until you look too hard. Yeah. And you really don't need to look too hard. By look too hard, I mean at all. Well, like, every time I think about Hollywood Boulevard, I think about my favorite depiction of it in something. Because growing up, it was always just kind of like, this is where the singing cat gets off the bus and he lives his dream. And I watched Pretty Woman, and it was her... Walking through like tourists taking photos of a hooker corpse and uh, people selling star newspapers and more hookers. But then just like an insane guy in the corner going, Hollywood, baby, what's your dream? And it was it was the most like, oh, someone lives here because they clearly know this is exactly what a night on Hollywood Boulevard looks like. Literally nothing has changed since Pretty nope. Woman. It is the exact same. There are the is that a. I actually walk by the Pretty Woman apartment or hotel or whatever every day. Really? Yeah, because it's it's right by where I live. I live like legit on Hollywood Boulevard, like right before all of the stars start. So I I live in the Times Square of Los Angeles, and it is no different <laughs> at all. There's still prostitutes, but they wear cheap cop costumes. Uh, they're super annoying. Uh, yeah, until you like. I mean, I've Until had you way pay too them many. For sex? No, because like I've never had to. Thankfully, uh, but like they've been very. I've had some solidarity with prostitutes on Hollywood Boulevard. Like I got, I got broken up with, and I just started crying in front of Combo's Pizza, actually, which is where I was last night eating a baseball pennant-sized slice of pizza. But I started crying in front of a Combo's, and a uh, prostitute and I shared a cigarette on a curb while we talked about love and men. And it, and she like calmed me down enough and wiped my makeup. That's the Los Angeles version of the pigeon lady from Home Alone. Where <laughs> it's just like my pigeon lady has hepatitis and I love her. Yeah, my experience with it because like generally with prostitutes, like my experiences have been just very like, hey, I'm not interested, but like you're very polite, nice. Like we'll chit chat mm-hmm. for a bit. The ones in Hollywood Boulevard, um, there's a a comedy show and an open mic outside of uh, the Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard. If I go outside to have a cigarette or hang out. One of them will invariably walk up and like because they're dressed as sexy cops, they'll slap handcuffs on me, and I'm like, "Fuck <laughs> off! Stop it! I didn't ask for this. Don't touch me. I don't know you. Like, go away. Just keep the handcuffs." I if I had started running and kept their handcuffs, that would be pretty amazing. They can't chase me. <laughs> no, they can't chase you, and even then, it's like two dollar handcuffs. Yeah. Also, I'm a chain smoker. I can't outrun two hookers. I'm sure they've run for more important reasons than I ever have. <laughs> I can't. Re- I honestly can't remember the last day I've ran. Uh, my my brother for my birthday, which was pretty recently, gave me a fifty dollar gift card to uh, Amazon, and the first thing I bought was an armband for running. The second I hit confirm order, I was like, I'm not gonna run. Nope. Never. I don't like running at all. And uh, I well, it's because I tore my meniscus in my knee, which just 
so, it sounds like I tore my my leg hymen, but it's basically just like the ACL part. Uh, so I can't ever run. So whenever I'm somewhere like Hollywood Boulevard or somewhere like kind of skeevy, I hold my bag in front of me just because I'm like, if someone takes it, it's gone. I can't. I can't run. I'm. I'm wounded deer. They can't know this. I feel like I have an unfair advantage because, like, I live with my girlfriend and she'll occasionally mm-hmm. want to go out and do stuff at night and walk around on her own, and I don't feel comfortable with that. I feel like I have this unfair advantage of I'm 6'2", 200 mm-hmm. pounds, former boxer. Like, I don't feel unsafe walking around Hollywood Boulevard, but it is a creep area. Because you're basically Italian-looking Jeff May. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're from the same town. Yeah. We're both from Worcester, yeah. Ah, uh, that makes all of the sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. We we both grew up fat kids who learned how to fight and love comic books. <laughs> You're both nerdy, nerdy big hams that can punch hard. That's why we're friends. You are very cute together. Oh, oh God, yeah, I love it. I remember, like, just, like, to sort of derail, like, the cutest moment I can ever remember is a year ago when the second Force Awakens trailer came out. Mm-hmm. I had refused to watch it because I didn't want anything spoiled just in case. We were in the Nerd Melt green room, and I just saw him looking at his phone with headphones, and he start like, I was like, I'm not watching it. I'm not going to watch it. And I just watched him, and he started crying a little bit. Oh, Jeffrey. A room full of people. He just looks directly at me and goes, you need to see this. And oh. somewhere, another comedian has a video of me losing my shit crying while watching it. I'm so happy you guys were together for that moment. Oh, it's my favorite Jeff May moment. It's my favorite memory of us together. Actually, speaking of Star Wars, I just went to the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Hollywood Boulevard, and what a Hollywood Boulevard attraction that is. Yeah, I Explain enjoyed it. So, so what Sc- it is for people that have no Scum idea. Scum and Villainy is an unlicensed um, <laughs> sci-fi themed, I'm using air quotes and you can't see that. Everything on Hollywood Boulevard is unlicensed, by the way. Everything. Uh, it's a. It used to be my favorite uh, bar, which I'm, I'm unfortunately forgetting the name of. I knew it began with an S, but it was a, kind of like a, a metal bar, like a very mm. Motorhead kind of bar. And it shut down for a while. And now when you go inside, it looks a lot like the Moss Eisley Cantina. Everyone is dressed as Han Solo, which is super annoying. There was a Ray and a Leia on a date when I was there. That would. Oh God, I wish I had seen that. I did see one guy there photos of me with who had like an inflatable Jabba suit. Aww. But the thing is that the bar, this was when it first opened, you had to buy tickets ahead of time to go and experience it. Now you can just go in. Yeah, I just walked in and it was yeah. like almost empty. Yeah, now you can just go do whatever you want. But this guy was wearing a giant inflatable Java suit and everyone was tripping over his tail. <laughs> so like I tried to get a picture of I hate inconvenient costumes. Oh my God. Like I loved the commitment, but you could see him like spilling his drink every time <laughs> someone stepped on it. I was blown away though because the bartender, she was dressed as Mara Jade. And like I was like... This is like my kind of irritating nerd moment was I know no one else in this bar knows who you are. <laughs> Where you're just like, I want to be seen. Yes, I know you. Like those, yeah, it was. it's a cool bar. The drinks are just like everything on Hollywood Boulevard, overpriced. $12 and cute, for some blue and, milk. Yeah, and a cute novelty. And they don't really like get you much of a buzz. I, I kind of wish it was, I think it was called Studded or something like that was the old bar. But the first time I went was um, St. Patrick's Day. I was single and walking around. I was just drunk. Uh, not realizing it was St. Patrick's Day because I live in my best life. Uh, and you I don't was, know what month it is. You just think everybody's just I was digging the same color. I was color. wandering around. And I was like, you guys know you can drink other days too, right? <laughs> and I went in and there was like a girl with green dyed hair and like tattoos dancing on a pole and loud metal music playing. And I'm just like, this is a cool bar. And I would go in there and it's not really like a, there was no lady dancing other nights, but it was like metal music, small, mm-hmm. dark bar, my kind of thing. Because that place is just littered with annoying hookah bars and clubs. Yeah. And uh, I was standing in front of a club, and to the right you have the Scum and Villainy Cantina, which is hilarious in itself because it's just like, it's cool because when you walk in, you're like, everything looks like Star Wars, and then you realize like, oh, this is unlicensed and everyone is tired because every surface is sticky. Uh, Very sticky. And there was a guy with an eye patch who I couldn't tell if he was a Star Wars guy or if he was just missing an eye, so I didn't want to like approach him about it. And then to the left of it, because like I said, everything's unlicensed. Everything is we're trying to make a money off of a thing, uh, was the Beetle House, which is the Tim Burton-themed bar. See, I've never gone into that one because I kind of am irritated by Tim Burton. Everyone is, but it is kind of hilarious looking. And I laughed when I read the menu because, like, everything is a Tim Burton-themed 
uh, drink where you're just like, okay, I get it. Are they it. all called Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp? There's like a million Johnny Depps walking out of it at any moment. It, uh, like a, a Willy Wonka one came out and then like an Edward Scissorhands came out and fuck it. Just like every, there, a million Johnny Depps all walked out at the same time when I first noticed it and it's like this big staircase up into the sky. Did and, you see a guy punching his wife and go, wow, he's really committing to this costume? I mean, it's Hollywood Boulevard. But when I was looking at the drink menu, it was like all of his spooky movies and then you have like his most critically acclaimed, depressing, sweet, sad movie, Big Fish. So it's just like, this spooky drink, this spooky drink, Big Fish Bowl comes with nerds candy and Swedish fish. And it was just like, wow, you even found a way to make a cocktail out of that one. And then I found out it was unlicensed too. Uh, just like all the characters that force you to take photos with them and then pay them money. That is like that was one of the first jokes I wrote when I, I came to Los Angeles. I started stand up here in LA, and one of the first jokes I wrote was just like how fascinating that corner is because it's literally the one square block in all of the world where it is perfectly acceptable for a homeless person in a dollar store Spider Man costume to run up to you and scream, "Let me take a picture with your kid." Yeah, and then demand and, $20. Yeah, and you're a dick if you don't give that guy money. Anywhere else you'd be maced. But like it it's a place that I love cuz you get to watch like Fat Luke Skywalker fight Fat Batman. There's also there's my um there's Black Zorro who I love. Uh there's Midget Mr. T who I call lowercase T. Oh boy. And uh then there's like the famous Superman. There's that guy. There's who, always a Superman. Well, there's there was a documentary about the um, I think it's called Confessions of a Superhero, and it's about the guys on Hollywood Boulevard. And there is a really? guy who plays Superman, and he's I I've worked a couple years at the Chinese Theater, which actually is where I saw Force Awakens for the first time, which is uh, perfect. Oh my god, I bought tickets like as early as I could. I delayed any plans I had just to go to it. I had to catch a flight two hours after the movie ended. Uh, but uh, he I worked there at film festivals, and he was super polite, super nice, super helpful. Like he was just a good dude. And I haven't seen the documentary, but I can get this real sense that something is broken inside of him. Oh, no. Like when he would walk in and out of room, he wouldn't mm. walk in and out of room. He would jump like he was taking off or landing. So he's Superman. Yeah, he's very, very. And he wears a Brandon Routh version of the costume, which I oh, find kind of weird. Oh, boy. Like, uh, I like that movie, but that's a but weird like, choice. That's a weird one to center yourself on, uh, yeah. considering it's the worst of the franchise. Uh, Debatable, I think. But. <laughs> When I was 15 years old, my friends and I used to take a train straight to Hollywood Boulevard because it would come out right next to the Chinese theater. And that was where we'd play hooky because there's no way our parents would find us there. And there's a photo of me, and I will upload it after this episode, taking a photo next to a guy dressed as Yoda looking really uncomfortable because he's pressed up right against me. And he's like whispering something into my ear. And basically what had happened was he took a photo with me, he squished his whole body up against me, and then like through his mask breathed into my ear, you're really warm. And, oh. <laughs> and it was the most, why am I laughing? This is terrifying. And Somehow it, that's not as bad as I thought it would be, but also worse at the same time. It's somehow worse. Like, if he said something horrible about, like, my boobs or anything else that I was, like, used to, but the fact Get that it was, like, them guts, I really will. warm. Oh, that's so horrible. Oh, man. The only thing more irritating than the, um, and this is all, like, this is all specifically in this area of Hollywood and Highland, which is where, like, the really Times square version of it starts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to Hollywood Boulevard than just that area, but that's where all the superheroes are, but also a monumental amount of people trying to sell you their shitty rap demos. Yep. There's a guy that, because I, I live there, I walk around with my girlfriend every week. When we go to the Arclight, he says, you guys are soulmates. And I've said to her, like, if one time he says something besides that, I will buy his album. But every time he starts walking to us, I just, like, I just speak at the same time as him to freak him out. You guys are soulmates. Yeah, she was like, you guys are soulmates. You guys are soulmates. I was like, oh, how'd you know what I was going to say? Because you it every goddamn week. I brought a girl with me from the Midwest on a date there once, and she kept taking CDs. Uh, and it was the fastest I've ever been. Like, I think you're, you're very sweet, but I think you need to live some life. Uh, cause you've got like 10 CDs. Oh yeah. Well, they, that's also like the CDs are like for a donation, which is, I got into forced donation, forced donation. Well, that's the thing. I, um, I made a Hare Krishna guy angry on that street because of that. I have not seen a Hare Krishna in so long. Well, I actually used to live, when I lived in Culver City, I lived right next door to the Hare Krishna temple, and they are the most irritating group of people I've ever encountered. Uh, I think their whole religious 
basis is how do we obstruct traffic? Because they would just do their festivals in the afternoon and I couldn't get home. But there was a guy on uh, outside of this really interesting kind of apartment complex that has a really great speakeasy kind of bar underneath, mm-hmm. which was the first bar in L.A. that let me come in there and drink illegally. Uh, but he was handing out books. And I was like, I love books, so I'll take a book. And he was like, oh, it's for a donation. I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you any money. So thanks. He goes, well, you need to give me money. I'm like, well, it's not a donation. Yeah. And so I got in an argument with him, and he got really mad and took the book back. <laughs> Oh, you made the most peaceful dude in the world. I mean, I pissed off a mime once, so it's possible. <laughs> I got a mime to talk. What did he say? It was in New Orleans, and I was there for disaster recovery cleanup and stuff like that. And this mime would do like a different motions depending on like different currency that you put in his cup. So like he would do like a crazy robot dance if you like put a dollar in, and if you put five dollars in, he would do something else. And so I put a quarter in and he did like this interesting little arm wiggle. And then I put a dime in and he put a, did an arm wiggle. And I put a penny in and he did an arm wiggle. And I was just like, fuck, he has nothing else that's lower than that past quarter. That's, that's pointless. So I was like, I wonder what's the lowest amount of stuff that I could put in this cup and still get him to do something. So I tossed in a paper clip, uh, <laughs> Just to see if, like, he had a motion for paperclip. But I guess he had, like, had a day because that was the thing that broke him. Because I threw in the paperclip and he just goes, fuck you, kid. Get the oh fuck out God. of... Like, just How st- magical is that the first words you hear out of my mind were, fuck you, kid. <laughs> like, so mad. And he, like, picked up his cup and picked a different corner. But I was just, like, I just wanted to see if there was something lower than arm wiggle. But uh, <laughs> clearly I found... I caught him on the wrong day. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love that idea of like mimes never speak and the first thing you hear is fuck you kid. Fuck you kid. Just so Oh, that's hateful. so good. I actually I had like I've had um, some amazing experiences with the with the entertainers that are on Hollywood Boulevard, not so much in Hollywood and Highland. Uh that same St. Patrick's Day that I found that uh-huh. bar, uh I remember I was walking back and there was a guy, just a homeless dude, and he was holding a uh, twister board, like the one you flick. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, you want to flick it? And I was like, yeah, sure. I flicked it and it landed on like left foot blue. And without hesitation, he goes, fuck the police. You want to hold a snake? And I was like, <laughs> you're goddamn right. I want to hold a snake. And out of a, a compartment I had never seen, he pulled out like one of those giant boa constrictors and just handed it to me. What is with strangers giving people snakes? The same thing happened to me as a kid. No joke. A dude just let me hold his boa. <laughs> I feel like you lived in a horrifying young adult novel because you have mimes yelling at you, people throwing snakes at you. Well, I think it's also like when you grow up near somewhere so fucking weird where just, I mean, not like rules are different, but you just kind of be like, oh, it's Hollywood Boulevard, that everybody's got like a story of like, oh, yeah, this one guy made me touch a snake. Well, that's, I think there really is a difference because like I mentioned, like I'm from, you know, central Massachusetts, which yeah. is where I grew up, like and I would hang out in Boston or Providence and you don't have that anywhere. If you don't has, got snake guys. No, we don't have snake guys. We especially don't have people that we talk to on the street and give money for the opportunity to touch a snake. But here we're just kind of like, oh, fuck yeah. Do you take Venmo? <laughs> I like, I just, I, uh, I love walking through that area and hating people. It's my hobby. Uh, but my, one of my favorite things are the, all the tourists who will like lay down on the street of the like the stars. Oh no, there's and so that, much pee pee. I'm just watching, going like you don't understand the amount of vomit that you are laying down. Baby, in. there's a whole bunch of pee pee there. And like I know that because I just peed there. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you just did that. Like, and it's amazing. Like one fun thing to do if you want to really fuck with people is you know the stars where no one has any idea who the hell they are. Yeah. Stop in front of a whole crowd and freak out over that star. <laughs> like, oh my God, Henry Goodall star. Guys, it's Henry Goodall. I just made that name up, but you don't know that. Google it. Who knows? Well, it's like the people that kiss Mar- Maryland star. Oh, that's so gross. There's so much hobo cum on that thing. Or it's just like, what? No, you, you, you yeah. got the herp now. Uh, yeah. Don't. If, if you're lucky, you got the herp. You got the herp and the hep A through Z. Don't do that to yourself. You got uh, something new. <laughs> you got that new shit. You got that Marilyn Monroe yeah. star shit. You got a really great Instagram post, and now you're patient zero. How do you feel? I feel numb and tingly. Uh, <laughs> one thing I noticed just from us talking is you got unlicensed bars. Uh, you got unlicensed characters. You got scenes that look like things from a movie but aren't that and are cheaper versions of it. You got souvenirs, and you got knockoff 
purses and shoes and things oh, being so sold much. out of trunks all the time. I have a lot of Bucci. Uh, <laughs> What yet somehow that's not a deterrent and it's almost like people want the knockoff thing more and they like the grime of the knockoff thing. What do you think about that attracts people and you specifically towards like I want the cheaper shitty version? I think there's a definitely a enjoyable kitsch element and there is like so this is just a, a, a just a, a particular moment that kind of sums up. It's not quite a knockoff like kind of thing, but mm. um like, I shit on Hollywood and L.A. a lot. I think it's all just one giant joke, like a really sick, dark joke. But uh, when I first w- went into the Chinese theater and I was working there, you go inside that place, or like the Pantages, but like I went inside the Chinese theater and for a split second you're like, I can't be cynical about this. It's hard. I, I can't hate this. It's so beautiful and people care. So like the, the thing of L.A. is that people go here to live their dreams and their dreams will always end up buried in a ditch or the back of a trunk, but mm-hmm. like the earnestness and the care that goes into it. So like you're there, it's hard to be cynical and not just sort of enjoy it. Like I really do kind of uh, love how much people love the idea of this place. Cause like to me, it's a shithole neighborhood with lots of neon, but to someone from the Midwest, which is sorry, I just, I just had a flashback of um, in the Hollywood and Highland mall. I literally heard a woman from like Mississippi or something. yell out, look at all the escalators. <laughs> Uh, but, like, to them, it's... This like, special place of all the escalators, because yeah. you're too pretty to walk here, honey. Well, that's the thing, is, like, when, you know, you go home, or, like, you visit, mm-hmm. like, relatives, like, back east, or whatever, there's, like, do you ever see any famous people, <clears> or like, do you ever see anything being filmed? And they're like, absolutely not. Not whatsoever. But to people who come visit, this is magic. Mm-hmm. This is where your dreams live. Like, I, my apartment, I can see the Hollywood sign from my apartment. And most days, I don't notice it, but some days I stop and go, I did grow up, like looking at this and thinking there's this magical place where the things that I love are made. Not realizing the things that I love are made are actually the Warner Brothers studio in Burbank, but... Where I live. Yeah. Because in the valley, the valley is basically like the true heart of where everything's made. Like, oh, yeah. The wall that fell in Blazing Saddles is right by my place and the original location for Disney. But like, I think that's why I do this podcast it's because i will never be jaded about this city that i love so much when i see it through other people's eyes and like everybody comes to me with like a different place in the city or maybe they're over some area or maybe they're not but i still find a little spark of like the reason i moved here and why i love it so much through someone else's eyes exactly like my my girlfriend's from atlanta and atlanta is the dopest city there's no argument and sometimes she says, I hate Los Angeles. And I feel it sometimes, but there are most days where I'm just like, I kind of love it here. And it's kind of hard not to love it because, like, where I grew up, misery is your baseline. <laughs> like, that's like, when I see a gray sky, it reminds me of home because, oh, look, a sky without hope. I'm home. Boston. Yay. But when I'm here, like, and you do walk down the street and you see, like, a little kid who sees Bumblebee from the Transformers freak out. Or you see a movie at the El Capitan Theater where they shot the Muppets. Or like a husband excitedly posing next to some poster of an aging rock star, but it's like that's the moment where he's thinking, I played guitar guitar in my garage and I looked up to these guys. Yeah, like you you feel that earnestness and that mm. love, uh, which it sounds super sappy and I know very uncharacteristic of me, but I do like I do enjoy that and then immediately something will happen to remind <laughs> me where you have like the, the hard rock cafe. I saw a Craigslist ad for a waiter's position while I was looking for work, and it said, tell your mom and dad your rock and roll dreams came true. Come be a waiter at the rock and roll cafe. No! And I was like, oh, my God. Why would you sell it like that? This is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. Uh, but, yeah, it's, like, it's it's kitschy, it's weird, it's fun. And I spent, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of nights um, just drunkenly sort of just wandering between the one... W- this is the best city to wander. Oh, yeah, just the, between the one-on-one boulevard uh, or not the 101 Boulevard, the 101 all the way down to like right about Orange where um, there are at least seven Scientology centers on the street, by the there way. There are so many and they're terrifying. Uh, I went to the L. Ron Hubbard Museum and accidentally wandered into an hour-long guided tour. I'm going to ask you about that in a quick second, but I do have something I am dying to share because you brought up the like, I love the city and then like the immediate crash and burn of yeah. it. Kevin has been using this as a bit, but it's our story so I can tell it too. I was having one of those, because you know those nights where you just walk into the city and everything's kind of perfect and it's breezy and you're just in love with everything again. 
And I was walking over by where they have those statues down the street from the Pig and Whistle. And it was like sprinkling a little bit and it had been raining. So like all the poo and pee smell had been washed away. So it was just kind of fresh and everything was just neon and the sidewalk was glowing that neon. And it was just this dreamland that only existed in old movies to where you can almost like hear singing in the rain in your head. And I'm just walking down the street and looking at everything and I'm looking at Kevin and I'm like, can you believe we live here sometimes and how gorgeous and great all of this is. And then around the corner comes this dude who's like clearly been tweaking hard and he asks Kevin for a cigarette and Kevin gives him a cigarette and he goes, can I get a lighter too? And the guy starts walking away with the lighter and uh, Kevin's like, I didn't say you could keep the lighter. I said you could use my lighter. And he goes, oh, can I pay you for this lighter? And he hands Kevin like half a ripped crumpled dollar and in pulling out the dollar, just like a bag of rocks falls out uh, of just fucking crack rocks. And Kevin's like, you could just keep the lighter. And he puts the crack rocks in his pocket and he walks off and Kevin looks at me and he's like, so how are you feeling about your Hollywood dreams now, Vanessa? And I'm like, Kevin, that guy's dick out was that guy's dick was out the entire time. How did you not notice? Yeah, it's for some reason it's always the second. I had a very similar experience uh, at a Seven Eleven on Hollywood Boulevard. I was just stopping and I had my headphones in and I heard behind me something hit the ground and I saw it was just a water bottle. So I, I picked it up, thinking the person around the corner was going to pick it up. As my arm came up, I realized it was a fully nude meth head. Uh, and his dick touched my wrist. Oh, <laughs> fun. Like a little watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, not such a little watch, to be honest. Yeah, good for him. Uh, but I, dr- <laughs> I dropped the water. I just yelled out, nope, and then just left the 7-Eleven. <laughs> the dude was pouring water over himself. But yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, I saw a guy on, yeah, like, this is how much of a nerd I am. I saw a guy on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, his T-shirt had, uh, like, Spider-Man, Cats America, had the Avengers on it. But also there was Green Lantern. And I was so irritated that Green Lantern was on there with the Avengers that I didn't realize he was wearing a creepy baby, baby mask and no pants. <laughs> like such a loser. It's one of those things where it's just like the first two, the baby mask and the pants, that's normal. It's the shirt that's just like, where'd you find that? Yeah, that like irritated me. Like Hollywood Boulevard is just such a, a weirdly dark place. Like when I, I worked at the TCM Film Festival the first few years that I came out here. Uh, and they had me standing outside of the Hotel Roosevelt, which is an awesome, beautiful place. I got plastered there. Uh, I can't even count the number of times. I've. You can use their bathrooms whenever you want. Pro tip. Oh, I went there to a party that was completely open bar and formal, uh, and I was the least well-dressed person there, and I had eight glasses of champagne and a bunch of Adderall. Uh, not on purpose. I thought they were like other kinds of fun pills, but they were just like a girl's prescription. So instead I was just awake for a very long time, uh, which blows because I do not like taking those for funsies. Uh, but (laughs) as I was waiting for an Uber on the outside of it, I was just like, I'm going to barf at a barfing in a formal gown. That is mine. Sorry. Roosevelt. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, I would hang out in front of there. They have that cool bowling alley, which is really hard to get into. But like, the foyer is really nice. The pool is really cool. But the they had me just standing out front for like six hours, and every few minutes, someone tourists walk up and go, "Where's the hotel where somebody died?" And it occurred to me very quickly, "Oh, you need to be way more specific." Yeah. Like I went to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and I saw a Rolls Royce hearse, and I'm like, I am willing to bet that is literally the only thing in L.A. where a dead hooker has not been inside. Yep. Because it's a Rolls Royce. Well, I mean, also, like, the Roosevelt is, I think, the supposed location. Uh, I'm sure someone got murdered there. Like, the, we were talking earlier, the, the first bringer show I did in Los Angeles was at the Pig and Whistle, which is named after a woman who killed herself. On the Hollywood sign. Pig yeah. and Whistle. Yeah, Pig Kevin and Whistle. Kevin talked about her on our spooky little murder map episode. Yeah, and that's, like, where I did my first show, and, like, I I, I hate to say it, I killed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Ha, ha. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, oh God, that's what this is named for. And uh, like Hollywood is so, that's what I really, really love about that particular neighborhood is how dark with a shade of glitter it is. What do you think that says about you on a personal level that you, I'd, maybe not identify, but you definitely have dreamy eyes for something that's very dark with a little bit of glitter on it? Um, I, I mean, I've definitely, you know, I think us as comics always like have this thing where we're just like, oh, I'm so fucked up. I'm such a horrible person. <laughs> I'm such a monster inside. But please love me. Yeah, that's that should be the motto of all of Los Angeles. Is, You're a poop covered star. Yeah. But please love me is all it is. <laughs> it's people who all like 
come out here to live their dreams because they all think they're special little angels and they're all so talented and so wonderful and it's like none of you are and you're going to die here and blow people for meth but in the they meantime they can move to Covina and have a family yeah they can go do that but like that that's a I find that kind of just I, like, I kind of love tourist traps and I love I, I love sincerity in the darkest ways that makes sense to me in that there isn't <laughs> for something that tries to make it up as just so glamorous and so much more important than it is, I think the people that live there are, are don't have any pretense about it to where it shows. I don't think it's so much no pretense as much as it is a lack of awareness. What do you... How so? You've met Boon Chakalaka, right? I'm sorry, what? You never heard this dude, Boon Chakalaka? Is he the guy with the top hat? No, he's a he's a regular at the comedy store. Um, he's a who the fuck is Boom Shakalaka? He is this fascinating dude. He is I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's homeless or not. Uh, but like an elder, like elderly ish, skinny, possibly homeless, gay black guy who hangs out around the comedy store all the time. Mm-hmm. And the first time I ever met him, I was at the comedy store, and across the street is uh, this hotel that people were picketing. He had like a cart with him. He walked through the picket line, disappeared. Walked back with an armful of dinner rolls and then started, like, sat down, started eating them and reading the back of a Bring It On DVD. And I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, I gotta meet this dude. But That's he, living the life. Which is like an example of just his, how his brain works. I was at the improv and he got up on stage and he mentioned very briefly that he was uh, part Native American. I wanna point out that this was in like March. Uh, and the host got up and said, Boone, are you Native American? And he yelled out, on 9 11, we're all Americans. To which the host responded perfectly with, so your next comic. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to meet him. He's such a treat. Yeah, well, he's he's not like a bad dude or anything. He's a, but there's the, that type of insanity that you kind of need to go anywhere here. Like, there's that sort of self-belief, which really is delusion. And so it's not so much, I think, that there's like this... Th- th- I think it's definitely a lack of self-awareness in who you really are mm-hmm. that propels people to come here. Well, I think I think everybody, no matter what level of success you are, whether you're like your famous comedians and actors and whatever and what tier we are at now, you need delusion. You you need it has to, to come with it. Like it does whether you just got here or you fully own a house and you're paying your rent on entertainment, it's it's like how people in religion need faith. We we need a layer of delusion. and You need to believe in yourself to a point that can be classified as insanity. Yeah, because nobody else is going to. Yeah, and there are people who like are very positive and believe in themselves, mm-hmm. and it's warranted, and they're not weird about it. But I think every single one of us, when they say, like, uh, you know, I don't want to be famous. Ah, I'm just a big piece of shit. I just do this because I'm addicted to it. Like We want to be famous. In your heart of hearts, you you really want to, yeah, you think that you're going to be, like, oh, I'm on my fifth Netflix special. Like, you have to, you have to believe in yourself because you can hate yourself and think you're garbage, and you're going to get really good because of that, but you're not going to get very far. Yeah. And, like... It's weird because everybody here that is delusional but is doing well is self-aware as to how delusional they are. Where it's just kind of like, yeah, we all think we're going to make it. That's not going to happen. I think always the huge difference between those people is who works harder. Yeah, that's true. Because there there are people who hang out a lot. There are people I see at every mic, but they're doing the same material for a decade now. And it kills every time, but you're killing at, you know, I'm sorry, the other door on a Tuesday night. You're killing (laughs) with 10-year-old material. Yeah, and it's a lovely mic. I love the shit. I hang out there all the time. Uh, but, like, you know, a, a comic who will remain nameless, like, he went up before me, and normally he just rants and yells at people and bombs. But every now and again, he'll do his 10-year-old material and murder because mm-hmm. he's been hunting for 10 years. Most people have no idea who this guy is. If I said his name right now, you would really need to do a deep Google to figure out who I'm talking about. And then you have other people who are friends of ours who work really hard and have that like kind of sense of like yeah I know it's a little weird and delusional but they do the work and yeah. that's the difference the difference between believing that you're special so you deserve something versus I believe I'm special but I need to prove it I have to pay my dues I have my yeah. delusion but I'm not going to make you pay for my delusion this is my price it's yeah. going to be my I am labor. not owed anything and I mean I feel like a lot of people tend to take the I'm not owed anything a little far when they're just kind of like, yeah, like health care. It's like, no, it's what we're talking about is recognition, 
Yeah, personal, like your personal, like yeah. I deserve fame and success. Like, no, I mean, no, like I, and even like in our in our, our world, like our version of success, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but mm. um, if I can pay my bills purely through doing comedy or comedy related things, I am successful. That is my level. That is it. And then you see people on like Hollywood Boulevard who are, their level of success is five houses, giant yeah. mansions, Lambos. Like on Hollywood Boulevard, there are so many businesses where you rent a Lamborghini for the night. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of pretense look, and fantasy. Look the part, yeah. And a lot of it lends to just kind of like be someone else for a day, and a lot of people take that as to like I'm going to do this for years, and that doesn't have longevity. That doesn't hold up because you're just pretending for a really long time. And I feel like a lot of people when they come here, they're like I'm going to get dis- discovered, but they want they think they're going to get discovered watching netflix at home there yeah there is this giant myth of the overnight success that drives me insane there's no such thing like there when you think overnight success and you list those people you don't realize that they have been banging their head against the wall for years and then one thing paid off big enough for you to know who they are it's not like they were just like there's this old story of david boreanaz like the guy from buffy who like he was walking his dog and he got discovered and it's like i'm sure chris pratt was waiting tables and he got discovered yeah he was waiting tables but he was also like trying his hardest to like get into the business and yeah is just such a charming affable guy on screen that it worked out but he still auditioned a bunch beforehand yeah and he didn't really get like super big until like a good decade into his career yeah but that's like also there are tons of like just working actors like there are uh comedians we know like matt champagne Mm -hmm. um you may not know exactly who he is, but when You've you seen his face. when you see his face, you're like, "Oh my god, you're in like every commercial." <laughs> There's you're every bit character. There was a he has a, a really great joke, and I'm sorry that like I'm kind of doing his joke, but he said um, he says I don't know. There's something about pussy farts. They have a certain je ne sais quoi. Oh my and, god, I love that man. And then later that day, I saw him in a Fiverr One commercial, the cereal, and I had to go to the grocery store with my girlfriend at the time, and we were in the cereal aisle, and I saw Fiverr One, and I started laughing my ass off. And she's like, what's wrong? And all I could do was get enough air to yell out pussy farts. <laughs> and she probably still say thinks that was on crack or something for that day. But like those are like, Matchman's a great example of a dude that like works. Like he does work. He puts the effort in. He breaks his back. And then like when I, when I walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard, like there's so many clubs and so many bars and Saturday, Friday nights, they, they close off the street every Friday and Saturday night because there's so many people. There's a real danger of drunkards running into the street yeah. uh, and getting hit by cars. Everyone's like dressed to the nines. Clearly, like you know, the dudes got their pump on before they came out to the club, and I, I feel like every single one of those people thinks someone's going to see me and I'm going to be the next like you know, uh, you know, reality show star. I'm going to be the next yeah. famous person. It, Hollywood, I think Hollywood Boulevard in that particular area is the most distilled version of the lie of Los Angeles. Although I like that they have that feeling sometimes if someone's going to see me because sometimes you need that. Silly, I know this is never going to happen, spark of hope to get through your day. It's like when I get a lottery ticket and I know I'm not going to win the lottery, but I just want to think like maybe I could for five minutes to get me through a shitty work day or to get me through. Oh, yeah, all the time. Like I or I pull on some dumb slot machine or I do something that's just chance and delusion and fantasy. Like doing a like doing a set in Vegas and hitting a slot machine for twenty five million. It's always specifically twenty five million for some reason. It's always a number in your head where you're just kind of like, this somehow makes it more specific and therefore possible. Yeah, it's the secret. It's the secret. I'm willing it and it's that delusion thing again where you know it's not Actually, that's gonna a, happen. That's a great description of, of Hollywood Boulevard is it is a neighborhood that is technically a, also a vision board. It's a vision board. It's it's delusion, but it's not even really a harmful delusion. It's I just want five seconds to think maybe I can be someone or something can just happen to me. Yeah. And this is gonna get me through the rest of my garbage. It's there the people on Hollywood Boulevard, whether they're a tourist or a local or whatever, they are super annoying, super rude, a huge pain in the ass, <laughs> and I hate their guts. But I get that they are, they're just someone who wants to be loved and feel special. And they want to be and feel I, seen. And I, I relate to that clearly as a person who like professionally wants to stand on stage and have everyone adore <laughs> my every thought. I get it. And I never realized, like, everyone here... For how much more I was just like, no one has talent. There's a shocking amount of it, and you don't really think about it until you just kind of see who wanders up to you on the street and just the weird... Because 
everywhere else I go, somebody's like, want to see a magic trick? And nothing really comes up of it. And the countless times that, that I've just That is the most been, terrifying thing you've ever, like, I've ever heard. Want to see a magic... But, like, I can't tell you the amount of times a stranger's wandered up to me and they wanted to show me something cool. And it actually was really fucking cool. Like, I was having a glass of wine with a friend on a patio at the this bar across from where the other bookstore is, which is a magical place on its own. And this guy walks up to me and he's wearing like one of those oversized screen print t-shirts in the mall and basketball shorts. And he's like, if I blow your mind, will you give me $2? And I'm like, I have an empty afternoon. So let's see what's about to happen. And there's a fence between us. So it's fine. (laughs) I'm so glad you mentioned that. (laughs) There's a fence between us. So like there's only so much you could do. And he stands back, clears his throat, puts his hand in his other hand, gets into like that shouldered position where he's about to sing. And he sings at last in the most beautiful Etta James voice. I've And this is like a big dude. And he's doing a perfect Etta James voice. Like just does that beginning of at last where like you kind of missed up a little bit. Find this man and let me give him my $2 because that is, description alone is amazing. I've met two other people that have run into this guy. He's in that same area to where now like if I'm there, I'm looking for him. I want to see him again because two other girls I know were like this guy down the street just gave I just gave him two dollars because he just did the most gorgeous rendition of at last I've ever heard in this gorgeous Etta James impression. I gave him five dollars because he made me cry uh, (laughs) because it was just stunningly gorgeous. But it was one of those things where you're like, I only found you here. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. find you anywhere else. And you came here for some reason and you had that in your pocket and you're, that makes you great. That's that, the fact that you're now like something that other people have spotted and you're now like a treasure that we look for. That, yeah. That's like, that's something beautiful and amazing. And unfortunately it is sort of countered with this trend. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, <laughs> Idiots who have their friends follow them with cameras all the time. Oh, boy. They're the worst. It's like, I threw milk at a supermarket. Or no, like, just like, oh, uh, hey, man, I'm coming to an open, like, they come to an open mic and they have, like, five friends and, like, one of them's carrying a super nice camera. Like, this is going to be the documentary for the behind the scenes of my album. And, like, they're super unfunny. They're super lame. Uh, There was uh, outside the Unurban, which is the long, now the longest running open mic in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. there was a guy who was, like, the fitness comic. The fuck is that, Justin? (laughs) I'm not sure, but he he had his friend with the camera, and he turned to me, and he was like, "Hey, man, what'd you have for breakfast?" And I just went, "Your mom's cunt." And like, <laughs> uh, yep, there we go. Ah, oh, yes, I was hoping for that to happen. <laughs> but like Hollywood Boulevard is just littered. Like every five feet, I'm running into some young douche nugget and like his idiot friends and an XLR douche nugget. That got it. <laughs> That's so adorable. I just wanted to I just wanted to start my own. There's a douche nugget bell now. Yay, douche nugget! I'm glad I popped that up. <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah, that's the there's that weird thing where there are people who you find these gems of like true talent and really fascinating people mixed with people who want to. I think being want to be famous for the sake of being famous is really horrifying and empty. I think it's because it's like this I just want this goal, but I don't really care how I get it, as opposed to it's like, look at this thing that I spent forever polishing and making beautiful and honing, and now I'm showing it to you after putting time and energy and practice into it. Yeah, like those people who like you see on the streets, like it's so the Hollywood Highland isn't just the superheroes. There's guys who do like the 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 barrel uh drums. Yeah, the ones that I always want to like the fucking go drums. ham and dance to. Dude, I love the bucket drums. Oh, I love bucket amazing. drums. Bucket drums are the best. We walked by we walked by dude, we were going to see we were going to for my birthday we were going to Dave and Buster's and mm. we walked by a guy who was rapping and he was insane. He was so good. Oh, is that the guy that freestyles a like oh, yeah. what he sees around yeah. him. He's it was amazing. So unbelievable. And then you have people like that. And you have the, the drums guy. You have the guy that does, he does this thing where he makes like little um, carvings of your face in clay as you sit there and like really. Yeah. Quickly. And you don't like take it, but he like shows it to you. And it's really like you have people like that. And you're like, oh my God, there's so much unbelievable talent here that will probably never be discovered and will never like be well, anything, but it's still amazing to see. And then you have just like, Hey, I'm Jake. I'm going to go into this Gardelli's right now and get some chocolate. Watch me do it. I'm going to eat this. Cho- like, I said also, I, one of the reasons I did this because I don't want to be jaded, but also the other reason I did this is because fuck Starline Tours. 
Um, Starline Tours is a double-decker bus that drives around Los Angeles and shows you nothing. It just like, Oprah lives here. Take photos of her bush and her gardener. And, and Oprah really does not live and there. And Oprah doesn't actually live there. And it was one of those things where I would see the Starline bus and it was just going so quickly and so tall that they're looking at what they think they're supposed to look at. And I'm like, you're not actually looking at the heart of this, which is the people that just exist within the city, which is what makes it wonderful and great on its own. And I started take a walk, not just for Los Angeles, but it's actually branching out to other cities because I want people to find these things, whether it be LA or in their own community and not look at the outside of it and look at maybe what everybody else is looking at, but look at the, the heart of what makes something special. And I, cause I love tourism. It's, a weird passion of mine in addition to comedy, but I don't want tourism to just be this happened here. I want tourism to be, these are the people that live here. Yeah. This is the vibe. This is mm. how this, because I've, I've lived in four different neighborhoods since I've lived, I've lived in LA for about seven years now. Mm-hmm. I've lived in four different neighborhoods. I've lived in Hollywood the longest and like our, my building sucks, but I don't want to move because I love that neighborhood. And I love mm. being on the street. Cause like I can, I mean, I had the worst acid trip of my life on that street, <laughs> which if I can tell that story really quickly. Yes, you may. I had purchased acid. <laughs> I had purchased acid for a group of friends who remain nameless. Yeah. Um, and I and you. Uh, I had bought a bunch, which, by the way, that shit was strong. I never got to eat mine. Uh, I made a mistake. I had bought a bunch, and I was cleaning my room where, and I was cleaning around the area where I kept the drugs. And a, I saw something on my fingertip, and I just had Chipotle, so I thought it was a tortilla chip piece. So I popped it in my mouth. Oh, Justin, <laughs> not a tortilla chip. Uh, I so like at three in the morning, I was like gone, and I was like, I <laughs> "Did need- you call in the next day?" I, I didn't have I didn't have a job at that point. Oh, I was, good. I had almost. I think I texted you. I texted you. You to, did text me because I remember there was I had sold my set to a celebrity because uh, you got me some acid and I sold it to a celebrity with a song on the radio at the time that I met in a bar. Uh, she's a member of SNL's daughter. You can figure it out. Uh, and I called you because I was like, hey, do you still have that extra tab? I still want to try some. And then you were like, I do not have that extra tab. And I was like, that's a weird way of telling me that you don't have it. That was like weirdly, weirdly intense. And then I just saw the dot, dot, dot coming up of like you typing. And it was, I, uh, and then you explained the tortilla chip story. And I was like, where are you? Where are you now, Justin? Oh, I, I remember I had very specifically wanted to text you. Jill. I was like, I need to let someone know that I, where I am in case <laughs> this gets real weird. So I like, I was in my room and I was having like, it, it was the most intense like horrifying trip I'd ever had. And I've had some pretty gnarly ones, but the, what made it worse was I thought that uh, I was like, I'm going to go outside and walk. But it was like four in the morning on Hollywood Boulevard. And when you walk around four in the morning on Hollywood Boulevard, there's no one there. It's empty mm-hmm. except for the homeless people who are screaming in my face. Oh, So goody. when you are tripping really hard when you didn't plan on it, oh, a lot of that. Uh, like when that's happening, it was really intense and it was really awful. I stayed up till about... 10 the next morning because uh, I really wanted an apple and then I finally got it and I was really disappointed. Oh, <laughs> what kind of apple? It was a red delicious. Oh, that's the most disappointing of all the apples. I just like, I picked it because it looked so pretty at the time. Red but, delicious uh, sucks. But like anytime I, like, I've done like acid or molly or something, like I've wanted to hang out on Hollywood Boulevard because of all the pretty lights. But like when you do it at the wrong time, it can be real bad. If that's not the most... <laughs> I, <laughs> just that sentence on its own, the most cautionary tale. I know it's the most basic advice you can give. Hey, don't do acid and walk through Hollywood Boulevard at four in the morning, but don't do acid and walk through Hollywood Boulevard at four in the morning. It's not worth it. Also, uh, don't, don't, don't do shrooms and walk through Hollywood Boulevard when the uh, Hanson is in town because you think you travel back through time. Uh, uh, and don't eat five grams of mushrooms and walk through downtown Culver City on Father's Day on a hot afternoon. Justin. That's a, yeah, that's another bad trip story I have. There's too many stories of you just wandering and on narcotics. There's only really two. Other times, it, well, there's three because there was that murder thing in Malibu, but. And the Halloween one. Halloween, I had an okay time. It was, it, that last Halloween was a bummer because I had just broken up with someone 
and I was alone and I had spent the whole night going from party to party, but every party I went to, it was as the party was shutting down as soon as I got there. So that was kind of a bummer. That was a bummer of a Halloween, but you know, that it wasn't at like mind shatteringly bad. Yeah. You had, you frankly had a worse Halloween than me. Yeah, I was supposed to hang out with Justin and somebody at my work put down a half full bucket of like bleach water down too heavy and the splashback came up and splashed in my eyes and my contact lens was in at the time so it just kind of like yeah. burned and sat there longer. So I flushed it out but I had my brother drive me home and after they went to urgent care they were just like, you should just wear glasses and sit at home for a little bit. Uh, so that that was that Halloween for me. I don't think I've ever had a good Halloween. <laughs> I remember getting that text and I was just like, God, if you don't want to hang out with me, just tell me you don't want to hang out with me. And, <laughs> and I then sent you, you a, sent photo me a photo of my photo. eye. <laughs> And it looked horrifying. It was it was really gnarly. It looked like I had Pangea just bleeding in my eye. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, so at the end of every take a walk, I always ask people a question, and it's about mindfulness. And I know we say the word mindfulness all too much, but I like it. And it's normally it's something that might apply to like them in whatever context, but I feel like this is something very Hollywood Boulevard. How? All right, how am I going to formulate this? I'm not even high or drunk or anything. I just forgot the exact words that I want to put into this. How do you think someone should go about going somewhere where there's a little bit of delusion or maybe a fantasy that they won't know come true, but just enjoy it anyway? To just kind of ride through the, I know this thing isn't real, and I know it's not going to be real when it's over, but how do they just enjoy it in that moment? That is such a that's such a big question. Um, that is like <laughs> you've met me, right? Why are you asking me that? Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, like how to enjoy the ride that you're going through? Yeah. Um, I think be be aware and be cautious of the dangers. But when you find something beautiful and amazing, take a moment and really don't be cynical and really don't be jaded and take a moment to let it sink in because. Mm. You're going to have disappointments before that moment. You're going to have disappointments after that moment. Your life will mostly be disappointments. But for that one glowing moment, everything's magical. And it can be it can be something heartbreaking. It can be something you know joyful. It can be uplifting. Mm-hmm. You can be sober. You can be on drugs. But for that one moment, just everything makes sense. Just stop and look at it. Just stop and enjoy it for a couple of seconds. Take take your happiness where you can. And, and don't be a cynical dick about it. Just like say, like, this is beautiful <laughs> and amazing, and I love it for this moment. Hell yeah. Uh, so take a moment. Find that thing. It's okay if you know it's not real and it's not going to last or it's fantasy. Uh, go out there and take a walk, and I am about to wrap up this podcast before I completely forgot to ask the people where they can find you. Uh, normally walk around Holly Boulevard on acid. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm not very active on Twitter anymore, but uh, you can find me on Instagram at the real Justin Williams. Uh, he has a cool cat named Spagooter. I have a very cool cat named Spagooter. He uh, looks like Burt Reynolds. You, not the cat. Okay, I was like, my cat looks. Oh, oh yeah, the mustache. I forgot. Yeah, and the hair. You ever do that thing where you like you get a haircut and you forget, and then you yeah. walk by a mirror? Now imagine that with a mustache. It's yep. pretty intense. Uh, yeah, you can find me there. I don't know when exactly this is going to air, but I'll be doing Jen Scott's. Oh, I'll be doing Jen Scott's Showhouse show later in October. Nice. I'm very excited about it. Uh, so yeah, mostly you can find me on Instagram. My Twitter is um, at Jade of the Will, but Instagram followers find me on the Real Justin Williams. All right, you can find him on the Real Justin Williams. Uh, I'm hella itchy. I completely forgot how I was going to wrap up this podcast. I'm a big old dumb dumb, but I love you. And good night. <laughs>